Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I want my $2. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time. Actually, I quoted from that movie not too long ago, but you know what? It's a good one. So well, I'm not since then. Yeah, not since then. So today, we're actually going to tackle a pretty serious subject, uh, but it's it's one that has had a lot of uh, attention recently for various reasons. Um, we're going to talk about cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And this kind of relates to a previous episode we recorded uh, a couple of years ago uh, the about Internet trolls, right? How yes. trolls work. Mm-hmm. Uh, cyberbullying being a, a sort of a specific type of Internet troll. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's kind of interesting. We're going to have to – people will ask about this. And, yeah. Uh, cyberbullying in a lot of ways – is not especially different in character from, frankly, bullying in person. Yeah. It's just using the tools of the Internet. Uh, you know, now that we have the ability to publish instantly and frequently, um, you know, people use those tools to pick on others. 
Yeah, and uh, and we've been seeing a lot of this in the news, uh, from, like I said, from various uh, sources uh, over various uh, um, uh, activities, you know, things that have happened recently. But the one that kind of spurred this, at least from my perspective, uh, was the whole Rebecca Black phenomenon train wreck, however you want to call it, right? Right, right. So for the few of you out there who may not have heard of who of Rebecca Black, mm-hmm. uh, I suspect most of you probably have, Rebecca Black is a 13-year-old girl who received an amazing gift. Uh, her mom um, paid for her to have a music video done. Right. And it's a... The the song is called Friday, mm-hmm. and let's just get this out of the way. It is not a good song. It is very let, let's the lyrics are banal. Would you? Yeah. Yes. I would agree. Uh, the, the the tune itself is pretty catchy. You know, it's it's yeah. it's one of those that's that's been engineered to get stuck in your head and stay there until you start to go crazy. Yeah. But uh, Rebecca Black did not write the song. No, she but, did not. But she did she did perform it. And the song features uh, her voice being auto-tuned to the point where it sounds almost robotic. Yeah. And um, and like I said, the lyrics are really, really boring. Uh, but not really. that's not really here nor there. Uh, she uploaded the video to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then um, and I think it was on like February 10th, 2011, that she uploaded it to YouTube. And it took about a week. But then people started to... Uh, to share this video, mm-hmm. and it went totally viral. And before yes. you knew it, there were thousands and thousands of views of this video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had read an article uh, in preparation on Mashable by Todd Wasserman, who was basically charting it. And yes, you know, February 10th is when it was initially published. Uh, you remember Michael J. Nelson, don't you? Yes. Yes, of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 and... Riff Tracks fame. Riff Tracks fame. Um, he tweeted about it on his Twitter account, too. He's got, uh, according to Wasserman, more than 19,000 followers. He probably had more. I didn't actually look this morning right before we decided to do this podcast. But um, basically said, you know, this is a catchy song, but it also answers the question, what's the worst video ever made? It was yeah. a quote from that. And, and of course, uh, when someone who has uh, got that, level of followers you know you're it's going to attract attention and that's around the time that it started picking up and that was in march so really i should also point out that i think total eclipse of the heart still gives it a run for the money as to- worst video ever made but anyway <laughs> i'm not fond of the song to begin with let alone the video turn around bright eyes the uh so at the time of the recording of this podcast which is in, in late march mm-hmm. uh, right now according to youtube the video has had Forty-seven million seventy-six thousand three hundred four views. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, and, and we should also add that YouTube does not update these in real time. Yeah, that the the numbers update to a schedule that makes sense to YouTube. Basically, never... in batches. Yeah, so so it could be that that number is, of course, not entirely accurate even mm-hmm. as i'm saying this right now into the microphone it, it of course will not be accurate by the time you hear this podcast mm-hmm. so 47 million views that's a lot I mean, that's in, incredible yes and uh, the song is actually on itunes as well you can purchase the song on itunes and a lot of people have done that mm-hmm. uh, and you could argue that maybe it's in a sense of irony they're they're ordering it because they think it's so bad it's it's funny and therefore they're going to get the song mm-hmm. some people may legitimately like the song although they may also say that it's a terrible song 
personally, like I said, I think the tune is kind of catchy. I think the the uh, the lyrics again are so ridiculously plain. Like it's just it, it it's explaining such a mundane experience that you know you can't help but think, wow, this is kind of this is really ridiculous. Right. In a nutshell, it's Friday. And she's happy about that because... It means it's the weekend. It's the weekend, and yeah. she can go partying. I think it's when you hear that Sunday comes afterward. That was the point where I was like, really? I mean, just the going down and have to get a bowl, have to eat your cereal, yes. that was that was a little rough, too. But here's here's where we're leading with this. This video has prompted a lot of people to leave extremely negative comments mm-hmm. on the YouTube video. Now, I would not... I, w- I don't argue that leaving a negative comment uh, for a bad video and saying, like, wow, this was a really dumb song or this was a really dumb video, that's one thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to point out, it, it may sound, since we're, we're both kind of negative on the song, I, I don't want to uh, give anyone the wrong impression and think that we are, are uh, anti-Rebecca Black or exactly. the songwriter or, or anyone involved with it. I mean... It's, uh, you know, everyone involved is making an attempt to entertain people. Right. And, you know. You could say that it was, you know, an unsuccessful attempt, or at least it wasn't successful in the way they had intended. Right. Even even star musicians can write bad Clunkers. songs. Yeah. yeah. It's not, and I'm certainly, you know, you have the old, uh, the old saying, well, let's see you try it. Well, you know, I haven't ever written a song, so and, I can't really talk. And now, you know what? I? There's some bad songs out there that have become incredibly popular mm-hmm. and became standards someone left the cake out in the rain <laughs> i'm just saying if you look at the lyrics to macarthur park it is the <laughs> dumbest song i mean it's dumber than friday people seriously read the lyrics the so point, yeah we're, we're not being, angry at, at, at anyone involved with the project right but the point being that there have been a lot of people who have left comments that were directed personally at yes. rebecca black so yep. we're not talking about people who are criticizing the song or criticizing the video or saying that you know the subject matter is ridiculous. We're talking about people who are directing personal attacks at Rebecca Black, right? To the point of saying like you are stupid or you are ugly, or you know, uh, you know things like that. Things that that have nothing to do with the actual subject matter, but are more of a personal nature. That I think constitutes cyberbullying. You know, it's 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 harassing someone directly. Mm-hmm. Well, as a matter of fact. Um... She uh, she came out in an interview uh, not terribly long ago and uh, said, and I quote, at times it feels like I'm being cyberbullied, end yeah. quote, which um, I, I actually found that in an uh, article in Time magazine online mm-hmm. uh, by Hans Villarica. And um, basically he uh, was was saying that this isn't helping her case because she's drawing attention to the fact that she's being attacked. And for some people that. That leads just them goads to pile them into, on. yeah. Um, but uh, in that article, uh, Hans also mentioned that uh, um, he had spoken with Karen Slovak, uh, an Ohio University professor, mm-hmm. um, and she basically said that cyberbullying is it doesn't really fit this what is going on with Rebecca Black necessarily. Mm-hmm. Although it may, she may change her mind now. This was done. Uh, several days ago, probably about a week and a half ago by mm-hmm. the time we're recording this. So, um, you know, what what she said uh, was that cyberbullying is done over time. Like, it's consistently applied. It's not one personal attack. 
If somebody attacks you, that's not bullying, is what she's saying. I see. So bullying so, is something that you know the the big kid comes up and asks you for your lunch money every day. Yeah, so yeah, I got you. So it's a, uh, it's repeated and it's yeah it's over. Got you. Over but at this point, you might argue that by now, now that it's been several weeks and it's still going on, yeah. that it is it has graduated to actual cyberbullying. Um, but yeah, they they he spoke to several experts about it and said. Um, you know, yeah, it may not necessarily be cyberbullying, but it is definitely a personal attack, and uh, you know, it, it's it's painful to the person being attacked. Yeah, and she has said as much. Chris and I have talked uh, uh, offline about how sometimes you know we get negative reviews, and that's legitimate. You mm-hmm. know, if people don't like what we do, then I I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't say so, or why they cannot offer criticisms or anything like that. But occasionally we get. Uh, personal attack comments things that things that are not criticisms or helpful in any way they're just you know you're stupid or something like that and that hurts you know even even as a grown adult mm-hmm. you know there's there's an element there's an emotional element there and yeah i don't even know this person as far as i know this person could be uh a, like the person who directs an attack toward me maybe someone who i would never care for or respect in person if I met them, mm-hmm. but that's beside the point. It, you don't, it doesn't feel good to get that kind of stuff. No. And if you get enough of it, it can really affect your self-image. Now, fortunately, with the, uh, the case of Rebecca Black, it appears that she's got a pretty level head on her, which you know, that's amazing because she's 13. When I was 13, I did not have a level head. No. Um, technically, I don't right now it's kind of rounded but anyway the uh uh no it's when you're when you're uh 13 sorry i'm interrupting no no please i was gonna say that that's you know that's a uh a troublesome time you're going through a lot of changes in your life yeah um you know starting to come into your own as an adult and you know the the opinion of your peers is very important to you yeah and we have a lot of listeners who are in that age range yeah 12 to uh to 16 so imagine having literally thousands of people Saying that you are not worth anything. There were, I remember uh, Rebecca Black did a, an interview with Good Morning America mm-hmm. in which she said that there were people leaving comments saying things like, you should starve yourself, you're too fat, or you should cut yourself, or things like that. I mean, li- people saying that you should harm yourself, that's, I mean, that's a threat is really what that comes down to. It may not be a threat that anyone's going to act on, but you get enough of those and that's really going to affect your self-worth. If you aren't careful, and like I said, apparently uh, Rebecca Black has a very good um, um, she she's, she's com- comfortable with herself enough where that's not affecting her, um, and she says that she no longer is paying attention to the negative reviews, which is helping a lot. Yeah, and she's also taking steps. I mean, she's making some serious money off of this this music video, and that's of course fueling more people to even up the ante and talking about how ridiculous it is and how terrible mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that uh, at least on one, one analyst I saw said that they had uh, projected she would make around $20,000 off iTunes and another 25000 off YouTube. I might have those mixed up. Um, and that was just one analyst. So it may be that that could be more than that. Uh, Rebecca Black, by the way, has also said that she's going to donate some of her proceedings to uh, to uh, relief efforts for the the victims of the Japan earthquake and tsunami, mm-hmm. and that she's also donating some of the money to her own school. I think that's remarkable. You know, yes. that's an amazing thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, considering the the storm she weathered, I think that she's she's b- uh, behaved admirably. Now, to get back to the people who are directing these attacks, the internet's a weird thing. 
we see there are cases of uh, bandwagons that go for or against certain causes, and sometimes it doesn't make much sense. But you'll see that uh, that they'll become there'll be a, this sort of groundswelling of support for or against certain people, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it's a great thing. So, for example, in the case of uh, of Katie Goldman, mm-hmm. Katie Goldman was the young girl who uh, loved Star Wars, and she would, but she was getting teased when she would go to school because she had a little Star Wars backpack and Star mm-hmm. Wars lunchbox and things, and she was told by the boys that Star Wars is something that boys like, not what girls like. And oh, sure. And she she felt she felt a lot of uh, pressure from her peers, uh, and that she, that she was doing something wrong. And she would actually she came to her mom and said that she wanted a a, like a pink lunchbox, something that didn't have Star Wars on it, because she didn't want to be teased anymore. Right. Well, there was this huge groundswelling of support amongst the internet because, first of all, a lot of us are geeks. I include sure. myself, mm-hmm. and we think there's nothing wrong with being a geek, and I agree, there's nothing wrong with that. And so, a lot of people threw support at this young girl. I, she received tons of gifts from people. She received messages from folks who have been uh, in Star Wars property uh, projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she got a lot of support, and it was really heartwarming to see that. Like, this is a this is a bunch of people saying, "No, it's good. You should be who you are. That's okay. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you see this Rebecca Black video come out, and you see kind of the opposite. You see all these people piling on, saying, "You're terrible. Why are you doing this? Your music is horrible. You're not worth anything." And it, I can't help but suspect that there's at least some overlap. Mm-hmm. That some of the people who piled on Rebecca Black were the same ones who thought, you go, girl, for Kitty Goldman. Mm-hmm. And the hypocrisy there is kind of amazing. Why should Kitty Goldman be proud of who she is, but Rebecca Black be ashamed of who she is? Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. a mixed message. So th- that, again, is what spurred the whole cyberbullying story. Now, the actual stories about cyberbullying go well beyond Rebecca Black. Oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We have had a lot of different stories come out in the news about, uh, particularly about teenagers who have either um, committed suicide or attempted suicide, and and at least part of the reason for that that horrible decision uh, stemmed from cyberbullying online, and uh, and and that's just it, it's it's so unthinkably terrible to me mm-hmm. that that people online can feel the freedom. To criticize or bully other folks, uh, I think part of it is that when you're online, if you're the attacker, you kind of feel a sense of distance. Like the words you're saying don't really impact anything because you're not really telling the person to their face. You're telling a, a, a website or mm-hmm. you're telling a, a screen these things, right? Right. You well, a lot of people wouldn't have the courage, right, to go up to uh, to that person. Or, or they would say those things. Yeah, too. or even if it's not courage. I mean, yes, I think that's a that's that's definitely an, a legitimate point. But there are some people who, if you were to present them with a computer screen or the actual person, and mm-hmm. you know whatever it was that triggered that that comment, if the person were there, it wouldn't necessarily even be a matter of courage. It's that that cultural pressure of saying, "No, you don't say that to a person. That's just wrong." Yeah. You wouldn't come up to a person and say, 
you know, you're you're ugly or you're fat or whatever. I mean, some people would, but uh, well, sure. most people would not. But then you show them on a screen, you've got that level of distance there, and suddenly that the, some of those those uh, cultural barriers that that would prevent you from doing such a thing in person are gone. Yep. And you don't feel restrained, so you start doing. But the problem is that those words still hurt when you read them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was just thinking too. Uh, another thing that you have sort of spurring this along too is maybe you're you've decided somebody mentioned the video to you, you've gone to youtube and now all of a sudden you can read all the other people who are attacking her for mm-hmm. the quality of the song and of the video and you go you know what this does stink and I, you know and, and I look wanna, at her look I'm, at her you i'm know. gonna weigh in yeah exactly oh, or so it's a it's a mob mentality exactly online and, and you get you get that that thing you know you might think oh i've got this great great snappy barb that I want to throw in there. And you're doing it as part of a a mass conversation, Mm -hmm. right? You're not necessarily thinking I'm directing this at someone. I'm just, I got this funny thing that's really, really sharp and cruel and acidic, and it's going to be awesome, and people are going to laugh. Not thinking, ultimately, the target of this is a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, there's a lot of those elements there. So, and this is kind of again like armchair psychology and armchair sociology. Right, right. But there have been several studies uh, about cyberbullying. There's actually a, a I found a document called Cyberbullying Research Summary: Cyberbullying and Suicide, which was uh, very disturbing to me. And uh, in the highlights from the research section. Uh, the report says that 20% they, – they surveyed students who are, are young people who had been um, active online and tried to determine you know, how many of them had uh, admitted to either considering or even attempting suicide, mm-hmm. how many of them had been victims of bullying, how many of them had been victims of cyberbullying specifically. Right. Well, the highlights from the survey said that 20% of all the respondents reported seriously thinking about attempting suicide. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was disturbing on its own. And then that all forms of bullying were significantly associated with increases in suicidal ideation. So in other words, uh, the people who had seriously uh, considered attempting suicide, more of them had been victims of bullying than otherwise, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that cyberbullying victims were almost twice as likely to have attempted suicide compared to youth who had not experienced cyberbullying. So the the survey at least suggests that uh, the and this was around two thousand randomly se- selected uh, uh, students mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, from middle school age. So two thousand people that's a decent si- uh, size, right? It's that's yeah. a it's not a you know you couldn't call it definitive or anything, but it's mm-hmm. it's a good size for a study. Um, that suggests that there is a definite link to cyberbullying and. Your sense of self-worth, uh, as well as your likelihood to consider suicide. So, those words really do count. I mean, we we've all heard the the little rhyme of "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me." Mm-hmm. That's not really true. Those words can be really, really impactful, and because of that, and because of the the attention on recent cases of of tragic suicides and and cyberbullying in particular, there have been a lot of uh, uh, proposed legislation in both state and federal uh, venues to ban cyberbullying or to punish cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. Probably probably the most notable 
case of cyberbullying that has um, led to these efforts, these uh, legislative efforts, was Megan Meyer. Yes. Um, who is very, we, very well known. Yeah, I, be, I believe we, we talked about her in the troll episode, I believe. I, I'm, I'm thinking so, too. Um, and Jonathan wrote a post on it back on May 11th, 2009, called Internet Trolls Come Under Fire. Um, and at that point, uh, we were talking about legislation. Um, but what had happened, uh, Megan Meyer was uh, had a friend who lived just four houses away mm-hmm. from her. And um, the other girl's mother and she basically had decided that they were growing apart apparently the two girls were growing apart and they were concerned that megan might have been telling stories about her so they decided to get back at megan yeah they were trying to uh, apparently trying to figure out what was being said seeing if there was a way to win her trust through another method to uh to see if they could figure out what she was saying about the other girl and and you know possibly do a little punishment to um i think i think from what i've read i think it sort of went awry because they had a a family friend who uh has said that she was the one who came up with the idea to do this they they created a fake uh persona on myspace Mm -hmm. um and befriended megan meyer yeah it was a it was a boy yes and who was showing interest in megan meyer so you've already got that romantic you know and they picked they picked a picture that was a very good looking young man yeah so, you know, think about you are a teenager, you're, uh, you know, you might have some insecurities, and then you have this good-looking person suddenly showing an interest in you. I mean, mm-hmm. that that makes you feel good. Right. And they did start up a virtual friendship with this, this fake persona mm-hmm. and this real girl. And then they uh, they began using the persona to make personal attacks on Megan. Yeah, they um, they they first won her trust, and then they started to use it to criticize her, to insult her, uh, and to belittle her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually, uh, she uh, decided to hang herself. Yes, she, because she was she very upset suicide. about some of the things that uh, that were said. And uh, the mother, Lori Drew, um, was charged on several counts. Um, but, uh, the case really sort of came down to whether or not violating the terms of service of MySpace, um, constituted was, an illegal action. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there at that point were no cyberbullying laws. I don't think anywhere on the books. Right. Um, and that was the thing was they didn't really have anything to charge them with. Yeah. There was, you know, what do you do? It's like, like it's people wanted to punish them. Right. And there wasn't anything to punish them with. Right. So that, that definitely gave rise to this, uh, this movement to try and find a way to deal with cyberbullying in a legal aspect, a mm-hmm. legal way. And and there are a lot of states that have been trying it. Louisiana uh, proposed a, a cyberbullying bill uh, that would make harassment uh, on uh, text messages or through uh, sites like Facebook illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas as well. There's a lot of states that have actually proposed legislation. And here's where we're going to transfer into a, a, a different kind of conversation uh, I'm personally a little nervous about cyberbullying legislation, and here's why. There's a very delicate line you need to, to walk in this, because on the one hand, yes, you want to make sure that that there is some way to, uh, to legally pursue uh, punishment against people who are 
are legitimately causing injury and harm to other people, whether it's through cyberbullying or other means, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't have, you know, society breaks down if you don't have that kind of stuff. But on the flip side, you want to make sure that you do so in a way that does not infringe upon people's First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. And so where is that line? Where does the line go from this is cyberbullying uh, and on the other side, this is a criticism or this is uh, a commentary that is legitimate in nature? And and that's going to be a very difficult thing to do. It's kind of like saying what is art versus what is not art. It It really becomes a subjective issue. And I think judges... In in the states where the this this these proposed bills become actual legislation, are going to have a really challenging time determining in individual cases which things are you know which things constitute actual cyberbullying versus uh, expressing your opinion you know under the the rights of free speech. Mm-hmm. Now we must keep in mind, of course, free speech is not unfettered. Right. You know, it's not truly free in that. There are limitations. Uh, it was Oliver Wendell Holmes who said the right to to swing my fist ends at the other man's nose. Uh, be, that being said, you know you can't you cannot uh, you you cannot expect to have complete freedom of speech because there are certain things you cannot do. The the famous example being, don't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea being that you create a panic and thus people can come to harm. So the argument is that the, those people's right to an expectation of safety overrides your right to yell something that's not true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes, and um, uh, Representative oh, – I had her name right here – Linda T. Sanchez uh, has tried a couple of times to introduce federal legislation mm-hmm. uh, in the House of Representatives. Um, and in that – that particular piece of legislation, which is aimed to amend Title 18 of the United States Code, um, would define, uh, makes a definition of cyberbullying. Um, and I'll quote, any communication with the intent to coerce, intimidate, harass, or cause substantial emotional distress to a person using electronic means to support severe, repeated, and hostile behavior, end quote. Um, and, and in that case, it was introduced in the 110th Congress in the United States, um, uh, on July 28, 2008, it was referred to a House subcommittee and then referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security, and it basically died. It just committee. languished there. Uh, she tried again in the 111th Congress um, on April 2, 2009. It was referred to the House Committee in, uh, on the Judiciary and again to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. And on September 30, 2009, there were hearings held, but Again, it's it is stalled, and there's there's nothing going on. Now, I, I've seen a lot too uh, about bullying in general, not just cyberbullying, but sure. bullying in general um, at schools on TV. Uh, I know I've seen lots and lots of uh, public service announcements. There's there's the by, entire it's get, it gets better routine yeah. uh, that um, for 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 people, young people who realize that um, that they're gay. Mm-hmm. And that they are receiving uh, lots of bullying and, and pressure from other people because of their identity. Or they feel like they can't be who they really are because there's this pressure around them. Mm-hmm. And that as a result, their their sense of self-worth declines over time and they begin to consider attempting suicide or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or having other really negative uh, impacts on their lives. 
we've seen a lot of the PSAs that come out and say, look, you know, I know that this part of your life is terrible and that it feels like it's never going to end, but it does get better. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of attention on a national and even global level to mm-hmm. this kind of, of thing. Yep. And and I know there have been uh, principals, school principals, who've been pressured to do things. But part of the problem is that, you know, this is cyberbullying. A lot of it is not taking place in school. Yeah. And even though, for example, well, let's limit it to two people, two mm-hmm. kids, the bullier and the bullied, uh, if it's happening at 8 o'clock at night after school – there's really nothing the principal can do about it. And because I mean legally. And because we're talking about, they the, can do about the it. internet, it wouldn't even necessarily be two people in the same school. Sure. I mean it sure. could theoretically can be. Yeah, it can be, but it could also be two people who know each other but mm-hmm. don't go to the same school. Well then what do you do? Do you contact the other school and say your student is harassing a student of another school, so therefore it's your job to discipline him. I mean, it gets really muddy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of the reason why you have this legislation being proposed, because there, a lot of prosecutors feel like the, there's not a whole lot of uh, avenues to take in these, in these sort of situations. I mean, there mm-hmm. are harassment laws that are out there, but some of them are difficult to apply uh, using and you know, if the harassment is taking place online, it's just it's it's hard because the laws were not formed with that in mind, and therefore there's a debate on whether or not the laws apply in those cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I did see one comment on a on a thread uh, related to this that uh, kind of made my eyes open a little bit because I wasn't thinking of it in those terms, but um, there it depends on what's said and how it's said. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are laws against libel and slander. Yes. Um, yeah, and depending on what what's said and how it, and again how it's done, you know, there is that case sure. on which you could say, you know, yeah, yes, there is a legal grounds under which someone can be punished. For right. This. With slander and libel, you've got the that's again another restriction on mm-hmm. free speech. Your speech is not entirely free if what you are doing is spreading misinformation and lies about someone deliberately. You know, deliberately, right? You you knowingly are lying about someone's character or their behavior, and you're doing so as a means of hurting that person. That speech is not protected under the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, hate speech, hate speech as well. Yeah. And so you might also hear about fighting words. <laughs> it's true. You could be cited by the police for using fighting words. Well, you know, a lot of people don't understand the difference between assault and battery. But assault is, you know, I'm going to kill you. Right. And that <laughs> you could be charged with assault even though you never lay a finger on the other person because you were intending to do yeah. harm to that person. Yeah. You're, now, you have to prove, I guess, that the intent, which is really tricky, but. Like, if you never swung a fist, then it's going to be hard for them to prove that you really right. did intend that and you weren't just, quote-unquote, joking. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, I mean, no, that's... you say that to your friends. Well, yeah, you do, but... Yeah, yeah. You had a bat at the time. Right, yeah. You had... you had Your eyes were glowing red, and there was really creepy music playing in the background. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I do have this concern about the legislation that's been proposed to to prevent cyberbullying or to punish. It's not even to prevent cyberbullying, really. It's to punish acts of cyberbullying. Right. Right. So this is this is a reactionary thing, not a proactive yeah. thing. It doesn't stop it from happening in the first place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the damage has already been done. It's just that you're punishing the people who have committed the act. Mm-hmm. Now, to me. I, I think that's important. I I can't say that that's not important. But to me, what's more important is finding ways to educate 
children and even adults, really, because a lot of people fall fall to into sure. this kind of trap. Sure. But to educate people about respect and compassion and these concepts that, you know, you should extend these to other people because it's it's going to make everything better. People don't deserve to have this kind of stuff heaped on them no. for the smallest of, of what you think of as, as something like, you know, like Rebecca Black's video. Something like that does not she doesn't deserve getting hate mail and 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 veiled threats or unveiled threats directed at her for that. Just say, you know, the song is is goofy and leave it at that. Yeah. And uh and I think that what's important is that we we concentrate on that front end, that we do try and instill in people a sense that it's important to respect and show compassion toward others. And that if we follow those those guidelines, the the back end of punishment becomes less important. It still needs to be there because there's always going to be people mm-hmm. who will always fall to that side. But I think we need to really concentrate on ways to encourage the the that sort of sense of community and responsibility early on, and that that's what where funding needs to go because mm-hmm. otherwise, what you're talking about is. Yeah, we've got all this punishment in place, but that's not going to stop the victims. Like, the victims are still going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And I would rather see us work on ways to prevent victimization in the first place. Right. Because I'm crazy like that. Well, you know, that that's, that's admirable. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that a lot of people are going to want to see something, you know, what happens when it happens anyway. I, I agree. And I, I think that does need to be there. I just... I, As a deterrent. Right. A de- I think... But it's going I don't to think to it's be... ever going to be a deterrent. I think it's only going to be a punishment, but I think it's still necessary. Mm-hmm. I just think that we cannot focus on that at and and then ignore the the front end. Right. right? If, we, no. if we just focus on the punishment, then you haven't solved the problem. You've just created a way of punishing the people who commit the problem. Right. And same right. way I think of pretty much the criminal system in general. Right. Is that if you don't address the underlying reason for why the crime is happening, you're just going to have a cycle of crime. And, yeah, you have a way of punishing it, but you don't have a way of preventing it. Right. And they'll also have to, if they ever want to get something like that passed on a national level, I think they'll probably need to... Be very careful how the bill is written. Sure. Too, because it, free speech advocates are going to say, sure, that's fine, but it's so broad now you could punish all these other things, Well, and which ha- is a legitimate concern. And what would happen with that is even if the law were passed, you would essentially – it wouldn't take long before you saw a case come before the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court would have to rule on whether or not it was truly you know, violating the First Amendment of the Constitution. Yeah. And – you know that's a very long and drawn out process and in the meantime you you have a law that might be hurting people almost as much as the actual crime of cyberbullying is hurting people it's it's right. it's a complicated issue it is complicated and uh I'm so, sorry so offer constructive criticism right please constructive criticism try to be a little compassionate about people that doesn't mean that you can't say that something is um poorly written or or poorly done mm-hmm. uh, there's no reason for you to feel fettered that you you know you cannot say that this is a bad work or anything like that just you know try to keep the personal attacks under control right i would like to have heard her without autotune just to see what her voice is like yeah on good morning america she sang a couple of bars of the star spangled banner and she had you know she could carry a tune 
Like, I, I wouldn't say that she had... She herself said, I don't think I have the best voice, but I don't think I have the worst voice either. And I would agree with that. My voice is certainly much worse. <laughs> um, of course, I, I also... And there is a video of me on YouTube singing, so... Oh, now, see, you shouldn't have said that. Well, I already they already know about it, because okay. it's the Evil League of Evil thing. Oh, right. Part of the, part right. Of the audition process was you had to sing. Uh, and I, I apologize to the, you know, two dozen of you or whoever, you know, went over and saw that video. I should have should have warned you beforehand. That was my fault. Um, well, they're not around to complain now. And I'm going to wrap this up. Well, I'm going to wrap this up by just st- stating one other thing that I find really uh, infuriating about about the American psyche. And I am also guilty of this. I include myself with this. Which is that we have in America this this uh, the American myth or the American uh, uh, like the underlying foundation of what we think it is to be American is that if you work really hard or mm-hmm. you or you really try to do something, then uh, you should succeed. But then at the same time, we have this feeling that um, that people who succeed, we, we have this need to tear them down. So we've got folks who will succeed, and and at the first, you, you, on one point, you've got the drive to succeed because culturally, that's what it is to be American. You want to. You want to try and whatever your goal is, you want to make sure you get it because this is America and whatever you want is possible. But mm-hmm. then you get there and then people start tearing you down. And that's also American. And that's just insane. <laughs> it's not just America that does that either. I know that. But, you know, when you see that kind of that, that double edged sword, like succeed, succeed, succeed. You succeeded. You're a jerk. That's yep. just Come on, people. Give me a break. I work hard. Don't tear me down for working hard. Yeah. No, I, I know we're way over now, but my, my personal thing like that is your your favorite restaurant on the corner. Yeah. And then and everybody loves them, and you're enjoying this because, hey, they're they're finally getting customers. Look at this. There's, and then you everybody can't get a it. table? Well, then you, you can't get a table, and then they open one across town. You're like, oh, that's cool. They're expanding, and then they get three, and then all of a sudden it's like they're on every corner. In every place in America, you're like, man, that big corporation. Right. Look at them. Yes, they stink. Or, or I want them to support little restaurants. Or, or as you know, bands. Yes, the band is cool when no one knows about it, and then when it becomes a success, they sold out. That that's what I think <sighs> of is from from my age group. REM and U2 both got that criticism. So. Well, to close out, I just gotta wow. say, Chris, I'm glad that it's Friday. Friday. I'm going to have fun, 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 fun. And uh, if you guys want to have some fun, you can interact with us. We promise we will make it fun. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter or Facebook. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW. Or you can shoot us an email. That address is TechStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.